but everything is like is he gay yeah um and that does happen a lot so i have i have had a tattoo now on my back since yeah. i was 21 and i've never shown it to my parents even though i'm often like not wearing much clothes in the house i'll just have a towel behind me okay to cover my back what does the tattoo say or i'll walk backwards you walk back wait you walk backwards so they won't see yeah. you yeah they're Sometimes like jaron why do you backwards. keep moonwalking through the living room yeah are you, are you gay why are you walking like that <laughs> exactly um, <laughs> out through the mouth breathe in through the nose no it's the reverse actually isn't it uh you can't breathe out before you've breathed in breathe in through the mouth listen listen carefully don't make me repeat myself breathe in through the mouth breathe out through the nose are we okay are we respirated can we begin? Hi, I'm Trevor Campbell, and this is You Made Me Queer, the show where queer folks rip the instructional laundry tags off all of their garments because God knows that cherry red tankini is just going to turn everything pink anyway. That's right! Every episode, I invite a fantastic 2S LGBTQIA plus guest to point the finger of blame at who and or what made them queer. Welcome. Spring is in the air. I hate cold weather. Have I mentioned this before? Have I alluded to this on this radio program? I don't like it. I don't like the cold. I like a little fresh nip, if you catch my meaning, to properly set the mood to cup a hot drink or a warm piece of cheesecake. I just slightly grossed myself out. My point is, I don't like cold weather. As a young Catholic, I was told that suffering contributes to this sort of global karma bank in the world that others can benefit from. So me suffering in the cold could be good for you. It's sort of the same argument of uh, you can't waste food because someone else across the planet. You know what? Even that argument is better, actually. My point is, my pain is not someone else's gain, especially when it comes to the cold. That's shit. I don't like being cold. I don't want any more cold. I would like to start snowboarding yesterday. Yesterday. And mark my words, this time next year, if I'm not ice cold on a, a morgue table somewhere, oh no, this got dark. But if I'm not, I would like to be somewhere warm throughout the whole winter. Because in exchange for having a body that is lithe like a cheetah, uh, ask anyone, ask anyone, light like a cheetah. My body also runs cold. I get cold very easily. It's a conversation point amongst my friends and strangers uh, where I say, touch me, feel how cold I am. So I run cold. I am always drinking hot drinks, even in the summer. The hotter, the better. I'm warding off full-blown hypothermia at all times. I would like to, if I may sort of manifest my own destiny, live underneath one of those sort of restaurant hot food passes with the heat lamps just next to like a 
plate of nachos or a hot pad thai, if you know me well. If that hot pass is not available, perhaps that would be sort of an issue with OSHA or maybe uh, a restaurant food safety group. You can just shove me straight into a chafing dish at a hot buffet like that of a best Western continental breakfast. That's where I would like to be. My point, and I insist at the bottom of this rubble, I do have one, is that I like to be warm. Spring is in the air. Spring is warm. This is a good time for me. I'm feeling optimistic. Who knows what kind of heat is in store with global warming? So I say, <laughs> imagine I become a, a pro global warming enthusiast. That's not what's happening. Just heat me up is what I'm saying. If you have connections, heat me up. My guest today... This is a podcast where I have guests. It's not just my fucking stream of consciousness nonsense. Although that seems to be a lot of what you get, huh? I'm sorry. My guest today is Jaren So. Fantastic Jaren So, who came at me real hot from a European time zone. You might not know about Jaren, but you're going to be real excited about Jaren. And speaking of heat, this conversation gets not only spicy, but tropical in a lot of capacities. We directly reference humid weather. We talk about hot islands. There will be military drills, but no spoilers, as I'm wont to say. Let's learn some more about Jaren from the bio on Jaren's website. Huh? Jaren is the founder and CEO of Voda, the LGBTQIA plus mental wellness app that works with leading LGBTQIA plus psychotherapists to develop guided therapy programs centered on the queer lived experience. The Voda team is on a mission to help our fellow peers in the queer community lead better, more fulfilled, and thriving lives. I love this, even though I think it's a, a bit of a risky endeavor because God knows queer folks don't need any help with their mental health. We're fine, thanks. Well-adjusted, I'm just over here crying into a creme brulee, and it's no business of yours. But if it was, thank God for Voda. More about Voda later. Voda is not sponsoring this shit. I just have a delicious sponsorship voice. Before Voda, Jaren started his first startup called Artisan and Fox while he was studying at the London School of Economics. Nice flex. No big deal. I stopped math after grade 10. Who's bragging now, Jaren? After a chance meeting with silversmiths in the Nepali Himalayas. Nepali? It's Nepali Himalayas. The e-commerce marketplace evolved into a global social enterprise serving artisans across the globe from remote villages across Southeast Asia to the old city of Kabul to the Syrian refugee diaspora in Lebanon. So international, uh, a humanitarian, well-meaning, queers with mental health. You might think that Jaren has it all, but as you'll hear in our conversation, Jaren has a lot. Jaren has it all. Jaren's lovely person, funny, warm, really has some cool, interesting stories. I loved speaking with Jaren. I had the pleasure of spying on his gorgeous wood-paneled living room during our conversation with quite a tasteful curation and arrangement of photos and knickknacks in the background. But enough about that. Let's move on to today's episode. I really hope you enjoy it. God knows I enjoyed making it with my cold, lithe hands for you. So enjoy my conversation with the one, the only, 
the wood paneled home inhabiting Jaren So. Hey, Jaren, how's it going? I'm good, thank you. Very well. Um, so I'm back in windy London. I spent the past couple of weeks in Singapore. That's where I'm from. Yeah. And how's your, how's your day today? Well, before we go there, for I want to send my condolences because you've gone from a beautiful tropical climate to London, which is, you know, everyone loves London, but not known for its weather. No, not exactly. Yeah. Um, London's basically mostly just cold and rainy. Uh, and Singapore is sunny and yeah. rainy. Yeah, that's true. Um, but at least we get the sun. <laughs> yeah, wet no matter what. Mm-hmm. How was your trip home? It was for a, a good reason, I hope? Yeah. So um, I went back to Singapore for the Lunar New Year. Yes, of course. So back to see family. Yeah. So that's where I'm from originally. So I grew up in Singapore. Uh, very beautiful, very sunny very conservative and i've been based in london uk for the past eight years now so i came here from undergrad i've been working here since then but basically the trip was just back home to see family um uh yeah and that's when you get all the awkward questions over like when are you getting married um oh yeah love those love those mm -hmm. and what do you answer um so for context i am out now to uh -huh. most people in my life including my parents mm -hmm. but there is still a kind of a don't ask don't tell kind of thing yeah so when i do get those questions from my relatives before it's like um i'm very busy with my career yes yes and then they'll be like how much money are you making how much money are you making <laughs> <laughs> yeah you gotta um, start saving up for those kids right i know how many kids <laughs> do you want have you met a lovely girl or like maybe you don't want to tell your parents you could tell me you can trust me. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And then you just have to uh, just sort of sidle over to the food table and distract mm -hmm. yourself. And so uh, segue in there. First of all, happy belated Lunar New Year. Thank you. Of course. And then Singapore, lovely country. I've been to Singapore before. But yes, yeah, Singapore is known for its prohibitions. For example, no chewing gum, no durian yes. on public transit. Mm -hmm. um, and durian is something... When I travel, I really like to experience as much as I can about, uh, you know, a local place, food, culture, etc. I tried so hard to like durian and I just can't do mm. it. Yeah, it is the blue cheese of food. Um, <laughs> it's perfect. And Singapore does have many rules. So even with COVID, it's, it's been quite a reverse culture shock going back because I get on the tube or what we call trains. I'm not sure what you call it in um in Canada, um, uh, train, subway, like is it underground? Yeah, it's it's underground. Yeah, the subway. Um, but basically, yeah, but basically they have more signs now oh. in the subway. Yeah, and because of COVID, there are now signs that are, that that features a person wearing a face mask. Ah, yeah. With with the with the finger over the face mask, and it says, "Please do not talk." And I thought that was ridiculous. Like we're already wearing face masks, and yeah. we're not allowed to talk. I love that. True, just like because it's noisy and annoying, but I love it's a mask with a finger in front of it and then probably a big red circle with an X in front of it. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is the perfect segue, Jaren, because we're talking mm -hmm. about uh, repression, censorship, um, systemic silencing involving masks and fingers and fruit. And so, of course, you know, you and I know um, now as educated adults, that so many things can shift the path of our life and change our jobs, the places we live, and of course, who we want to bone. So we know now that things <laughs> can make us queer. 
But we didn't know this when we were growing up. You know, we were just sort of subject to the winds of change, the scent of the durian, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. And so now, uh, in our knee deep in our trauma, we get to look back at these things on our microphones and point the finger of blame. So I want to invite you, Jaron, why I've called you here, is once mm-hmm. and for all to give you the chance to again point the finger of blame at who and or what Jaron made you queer. Yeah, so many things. Um, <laughs> I get that a lot. Like, where do I start? Uh, this is like a therapy <laughs> session, really. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll bill you after. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, it starts from a very young age. I think in, in a place like Singapore and also Asian culture in general, um, people wanting to like look and appear a certain way. I think one of my youngest memories from when I was a kid was my parents and my relatives trying to correct the way I walk. They're like, you walk too girly. And walk in front of us. And I was just like walking in front of everyone. And I was just like, I'm trying to get it right. But I just couldn't get it right. So they um, had so, you walk. They were like, show us your walk. Yes. Everyone was looking at you and like walk and like, I'll walk. And everyone's like, no, no, no. You need to do this. We need to do that. And then they would walk. And then I'll walk as well. And I was like maybe four or five years old. So I guess walking made me queer because I had no idea what was going on. I just wow. knew there was something wrong. Isn't that wild? Um, Even at four and five you had like a panel of uh, finishing school teachers who were trying to get you to mm-hmm. walk like a quote unquote boy. I know. Uh, and and, what, and yeah. what is it? Do you remember like, what was it about your walk that was too swishy? There was like a spring in my step. This was a very happy kid. <laughs> oh, there was joy. Like, yeah, this girl was, was walking like a fairy. Tinkerbell, maybe. I love um, it. Yeah, so, you know, that just makes you, I guess as, as, as kids, you get these implicit and explicit messages from your surrounding when mm-hmm. you're queer that who you are is not okay and you know that to me i don't think affects me really to this day but it's just kind of silly thinking about it now yeah and you know um just from society and i'm the only son as well so in like do you have sisters Asian culture i have two older sisters okay so i'm the youngest boy um i do get lots of love and affection i suppose i am very spoiled <laughs> But that that comes the pressure of also when I first came out, like, you know, it was it was a nightmare. Um, right. But then it was okay, which was great. And life's great now, and I'm very happy now. Good. Yeah. Spoiler, Jaren's fine. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, because yeah, even at four and five, I mean, you're so I'm sure in some situations you're already sort of watching yourself with a critical eye. But a lot of the time, you're just doing that's the golden age where you're doing things with no self-critique, like the way you drop pictures. You just think you're Mm -hmm. great at everything. Mm -hmm. Except walking, apparently. Yeah, exactly. And I think it was maybe the stereotypical gay kid. So I wanted to play with my sister's toys. They had the cooking set. Oh, come on. And I had race cars. I know. I was like, I want to play with that. I want to make burgers and stuff, tea. And that's what I do now as adults. I love hosting my my friends. Amazing. queer friends for like dinners and brunches. Yeah. You know, and that just, I think, really affected me a little bit growing up and then that then led me into joining the cadet call i'm not sure if you have that in canada so we you can elect to join uh sort of the military or like um the Mm -hmm. i forget there's like an an optional one but i know in singapore if correct me if i'm wrong but there's one year of mandatory service or two um so it's about close to two years so it's closer to two years um Mm -hmm. but when i was 13 i joined the cadet corps also because i think it was a continuation of my parents was like this guy's still still walking too gay right so they got my sisters 
it was like high school, I was 13, and like joined a cadet corps. And that's when in Singapore, your age between 13 to 16. Okay. And what do you do? What does one do in the cadet corps, Jaren? Uh, so it was like a mini army. So it's, it's kind of like boys in uniform. Um, oh my God. Uh, that, like I mean, so like, far yeah. I'm interested. <laughs> boys in uniform, go on. No, it's like... I was like, I mean, that backfired on you guys. Um, yeah, so I was really pressured to join that. So it was like basically the armory version of scouts. So instead of tying ropes, but you're learning how to like throw grenades and like march. Wow, or like, were you using real weapons? Uh, I think we fired a gun, maybe it was when I was 16 or six, 15 or 16. So you, you start with blanks and then you kind of learn more and you learn to strip a rifle. And you spend lots of time with the other boys and yeah. you go on camps. It's very gay, really. Um, yeah. Were you, do you live, like, do you stay living at home normally and then just take a few trips with your buds? Or do you live in a barracks or something? Uh, no. So it's a, it's a school activity. So okay. it's like, it's like the football club, oh. but, um, but army style with like so something you do after school, you put on your uniforms with other boys and you march around and you shot at each other. Yeah. And you change together in the toilets or not. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I ended up getting quite good at it. So even though it was quite camp. Interesting. Um, I ended up being like the chair of the group, basically. Okay. And so I get you figured out the walk, basically. Uh, I think it, uh, better with the walk. Yeah. And I learned, I think, over time, kind of correct the way I walk a little bit. Mm. But also, I think they, they just, I was just quite bossy. And I think maybe that's a little bit gay. And they were like, this guy knows how to like get things done. And so I might, yeah. might not be the best shot or the best at drills, but they were like, he knows how to boss people around. Yeah, you had a good, well, you had a lot of experience with being told what to do, but also in a weird way, it became, it sounds like a nice outlet for you to I don't know, maybe get away from your family a little bit or just like be, sort of actualize yourself as an adult. Um, a little bit, I suppose. Um, because it was something I did after school, so I still went home every day. So it okay, was okay. like boarding school and yeah. or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I did a cadet call for a few years. Uh, uh -huh. And then eventually, when I was 18, we did go into the army. So tell me about that. Um, is the army very gay in Singapore? Not so much. Okay. Did uh, you have the same uniform? Did they get longer or shorter? <laughs> what very, very similar. Um, okay. But I mean... Are they shorts or are they pants? Uh... They were pants, but okay. I mean, we do wear lots of shorts when we're doing like physical exercise. And right. Singapore is very hot, so there's lots yeah, of sweat, and true. very often you're shirtless. Yeah. Um, so yes, but I mean, I think now in Singapore it is, you know, it homosexuality is still kind of outlawed in the sense that, um, and it's only specific to its gay men as well. So mm. we have the remnants of uh, colonial law, mm -hmm. um, which outlawed sex between men and sex between women mm -hmm. they removed the ones for lesbians years back and now they kept the ones for the gay guys just for um, gay men it's still prohibited but women can have gay sex mm -hmm, mm -hmm. interesting um, yeah uh and you know they have also the state has also kind of said publicly that they are not going to enforce it right okay so if you're gonna do it just like you know like do it discreetly is sort of the message uh Yes and no, I suppose. Uh, what they're really trying to say is that they want to leave it in there as like a moral guidepost or something. Okay. Um, to be like, we don't approve, but we won't chase after you. Yeah. So it's it's quite, but it's, it is, you know, not a great message for, you know, the many people like me who are young kids and seeing that and, and, and basically implicitly 
what explicitly telling you that who you are intrinsically is not okay. A hundred percent. And then, so, so let's dial back to, I mean, 13 to 16 in the cadet corps, that's mm-hmm. like high puberty time. So you're probably starting to move past like cute walks and notice mm-hmm. other boys. So did any of those cadets turn you queer? Um, interestingly, I had a senior who I didn't know is gay or was gay and who basically was like a mentor to me for many for the years he was a year above me mm. but from the very beginning he helped me out a lot mm-hmm. um but eventually i realized he is gay and i think he did maybe had a crush on me i'm not exactly sure oh he had uh, a crush on you i think so but i didn't know he was gay i just thought he was a, like a good friend he was always asking me out writing me a little okay and you didn't have a crush no I think that's why I was so blind to it. Oh, he was like, hey, do you want to go practice shooting tin cans off fence posts mm-hmm. and things like that? <laughs> or writing me little notes or like, yeah, I was studying together and things like that. But I never realized. Right. Um, You're like, hey, I'm why do you always sign my uh, permission slips with little hearts <laughs> over the eyes? What's yeah. that about? <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. So I only realized after years later when I saw him on Tinder. I was like, oh, that's the... Snap. Yeah. Okay. But so nothing happened. You didn't sort of have any discovery experiences in the cadet corps no unfortunately i'm very boring so i didn't have my first sexual experience and but then you move on to the army what happened Mm -hmm. there you have to say it's not very gay as well like uh, well you i guess you had to be careful too exactly so in the army you know in singapore how it works is the first few months you are um sent away to a little island to train so you can't really go outside and see family okay for a little while uh, and eventually you do get sent out and you could go home sometimes for the weekends. Okay. How and long are you on that what, island? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was like two months, maybe. Wow. I th- but we do get little breaks. We do get to come in and out. But there is a period in the beginning which you can't really head, head yeah. on in the beginning. And that's mean to kind of acclimatize you to adjusting, being away from family and adjusting to, to life in the army. Totally. Um, yeah, but it was difficult, I think, really, because um, I wasn't out as well. Um, yeah. Because I wasn't out to my family. And the implication of being out in the army is that I think they would also inform your family. So they would still ask you as well. So that makes things very tricky. Of course. And yeah. But did you know in your, you knew at this time that you were different, you were queer? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. since, I was a, I was, since I was a kid. Like how old? Um, oof. I don't know. When did Tarzan come out? Okay, so Jaren, I listen, I'm going to be gentle at first, but you are obviously skipping things. Uh-huh. So let's go back to Tarzan. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we all have those phases. So I think, yeah, correcting the way I walked. And then, you know, I think between the ages of like maybe nine, 10, mm-hmm. that's the era of like uh, when I saw Disney movies and I was very into Tarzan and very into Hercules. So this is Tarzan as animated by Disney. Yes. Oh, in that little with those that sweeping auburn hair and that little khaki loincloth. I know. Not thinking thinking about it. It's very yeah. It's very sensual for a kids' movie. Um, yeah, there were a lot of it's a lot actually. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I actually I did not. I have not seen that movie, but I remember there being a very cute gorilla, um, which mm. you know, that's a separate conversation. But Tarzan two had a you know a bit of like a stretchy angular face, but I mean that like. Talk about that body. Talk about body, Jaren. I know. And yeah. and like really unhealthy body norms for gay people too. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. That's not really one of many. I know. <laughs> he is a twonk. Yes. Yeah, he's a twonk. So you 
So twunk in it at you were like uh, this is like six to eight age range. Maybe, probably, I think probably yeah, around that. I think getting really excited by Tarzan and not really yeah. knowing why. Yeah. And then when I was thirteen, maybe, and in this high school musical, like oh Zac Efron. Zac Efron, what are you doing to me? Okay, was um, that a big hit in Singapore? Oh yeah, I think okay. High School Musical was a big hit. Yeah. Just the first one, I suppose. Um, was it a big hit in in Canada? Uh, yeah, it was a big hit. We we share a lot mm. of pop culture with North America, like sort of at large. Mm. So um, yeah, yeah, Zac Efron, all those. Well, who was it? Uh, <laughs> I'm so old. The other one, the other people. Um, who was that girl? Vanessa that, Hudgens. Yeah, Vanessa. You got it, Vanessa Hudgens. She's, she's still big with Disney. Yeah, I mean, milk it. Mm -hmm. And Zach uh, Efron grew up to be a little bit of a Tarzan himself, I suppose. I know. Yeah, he really went down the muscly route. Yeah, I suppose so. So, okay, so that was that. So you like a bit of like, you got broad tastes. You like the the jungle men and the pretty Mm -hmm. boys. Mm, Actually, yeah. I would say I don't have the time, but yeah, I guess I'm pretty, um, what's the word? I don't want to say slutty. But, um, but, I don't want to say it, but I we are thinking it. <laughs> no, no um, what do you mean? Yeah. No, I mean I just have very different tastes. I think. Yeah, oh, Tarzan's yeah. good. Zacafron's good. Uh, what else? Uh, but we consume a lot of um, American culture in yeah. Singapore as well. Yeah, um, I mean the country's so small. So is there a mm-hmm. big sort of uh, like media market produced from within Singapore? Uh, yes, there is. Um, in the sense that I mean we do have shows locally mm-hmm. um i wouldn't say they're very good um, <laughs> they're often very homophobic as well and i think sure. in like singapore culture i think a lot of more conservative cultures let like the nuance on what queerness means uh-huh. so that also affects you a lot as a kid because the only representation i saw of queer people on tv in singapore were like this person is gay but this gay person is a pedophile yeah, and a sex yeah. offender, and take and doing all these awful, awful things. Yeah, uh, and to, to you as a kid, you're like, oh, oh crap, I'm that. So like, I really struggle with being queer because I didn't know, I had no ed- education as a kid of what sex was. So I just thought right. gay people naturally get AIDS and they die, and it's because they are full of sin and they're immoral, and that's what that was in my head as a kid without internet. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, and then yeah. You, you, you didn't feel safe telling anyone. Um, about who you are, what you're struggling with. So I was pretty, pretty much a depressed and like anxious kid. Um, yeah, because it's at least from my experience growing up, it's the kind of secret. It's like admitting to an adult or a friend, like, "Hey, I like to drown cats," or just mm. something where they're going to be like, "What's wrong with you?" Exactly. Yeah, you keep it to yourself and you hope it goes away, and you pray mm. really hard, or you shoot a gun really, really hard, and uh, <laughs> just cross your fingers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. The- that's something I struggled with a lot growing up. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people still struggle with to this day, which is why now in Singapore, there is more of a push now. Mm. It's still quite a conservative society. But yeah. I think recently last year, they had another character like that on TV where he was gay. The pedophile? Yeah, and he's also a pedophile. Uh-huh. He's also a pedophile. But I mean, it's just so, yeah, there was kind of a big uproar for, about it from Oh, people. really? Okay, good. Yeah, so like we like, you know, it's, it's 2021. Why is this still on TV? It's, it's really awful. And, you know, it's one thing to say maybe we don't want or we're going to minimize representation of queer people on TV. That's one. 
Yeah. Uh, but secondly, to to like portray them as you know evil, immoral sex offenders. Yeah, that, that, that that's really awful. And even for myself, like I I work in tech and I work in a few businesses. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the projects I had in the past was um, a project that works with Syrian refugees in in the Middle East. Oh wow! So that's my previous company. And the youth council in Singapore reached out and like, oh, we love to like you know talk about what you're doing. And I'm like, oh, I'm not actually doing that anymore. Um, that project is kind of like passed on for a few years now, but I'm working on this project for like LGBT mental health. And like, oh, we can talk. And they were like, goodbye. <laughs> mm, yeah, bye. Mm, yeah. You know. <laughs> no, we can't do that. No good things about career. Yeah, exactly. If you, Isn't did, that... if you do a project on like how LGBT people suck, maybe we will feature you. <sighs> Isn't that funny? Like the, the absolute finite edges of, uh, you know, social justice and human rights. And people are like, yes, every- Yes, we want to help everyone. Of course we do. Food and shelter for all. Oh, but mm-hmm. also you're gay and we're, we're not quite there yet. Uh, so yeah. maybe call us back in five or 10 years and uh, we'll see how we do. Yeah. That's really too bad. Yeah, I know what you mean. Of course, the, the good old queer pedophile stereotype is very prevalent and I think still continues on. But the other flavor when I was a kid in North America, you were either the pedophile or the hilarious fairy godmother, like mm. sexless fairy godmother who helped mm. people around them have fun and match make. Um, and then you mm. just kind of like toddle off into a field and disappear. So not a lot yeah. to aspire to as a kid. Yeah. Even though we did have a sneaking suspicion that we were slightly better than everyone else. Yeah. I feel like, <laughs> do you think a lot of queer people like end up as like class clowns? Because I, I was definitely always trying to make people laugh in when I was a kid. Yeah. In class. I did. Certainly. It's like how, I mean, what, what can you do but laugh at sort of the absurdity mm. of the world you find yourself in? Well, you can get super depressed, which, you know, I dabbled yes. in too. I wanted to have it all. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's one great coping mechanism, right? Find 100%. out, distract people from the way you walk and all the weird things you do by being a super funny. Yeah. And I think that it's very prevalent in queer culture, which is why, you know, queer culture and humor could be quite dark sometimes and humorous because that's, that's one way we deal with the trauma of things. Yeah. Um, Are you a big comedy fan? Uh, ish. I wouldn't say I'm big on comedy, but I think I'm a funny person. Many hmm. people might disagree, but, you know, <laughs> I'm a bit delusional, basically. Um, that's fine. <laughs> you made me queer. We'll be right back. And now back to more You Made Me Queer. You made me queer. Okay, so let's go back. So we have, we padded in the early years. Uh, mm. Then we had Cadet Corps, of course. Then we had full-blown Army Boys on an Island, which if you're not going to write that screenplay, I'm going to write that screenplay. There's a lot of mm-hmm. genres of film that I think that would do very well in. And then mm-hmm. what you get off the island, you get out of the Army. I mean, that's two years. Are we going too quickly? How was that experience being a secret, beautiful queer? Mm. Yeah, it was honestly, it wasn't that eventful. I think I was, okay, so first of all, back then, they also kind of banned mobile phones. Oh, on the island, you mean? In the army. Oh, in the army. Uh, in the army in general. So there was a time where like you couldn't bring in smartphones, only dumb okay. phones. You'd use tin, tin cans with strings. Wait, do you say dumb phone? Yeah, we call it like, you know, like a Nokia. Yeah. Like a Nokia phone. Like with snake on it? Yeah. And you could, you know, you could, you could throw it from like, <laughs> you could drop it from like the 10 stories down and still be alive, the Nokia yeah. phones. Yeah. And it was something to do with like 
making sure no information gets leaked or whatever. Got it. Um, but which also mean that you can't use the apps. So there was yeah. really no right way to meet people in the camps. Right. Um, so there's no like island Tinder or island grinder. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how much things have changed because it would have been close to 10 years ago for me now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's not something you really want to mess with, I think. It's Singapore is extremely strict. So while it's kind of hot, the thing about all oh, the the hot, sweaty things that might have happened, but at the same time, it just kind of really in the back of your head, just like you're afraid of being locked up for like years. So like, yeah. Um, even though they say they won't they won't persecute you for it, but I'm I'm still pretty sure if you get caught, you know, doing it or being in the pants of like your co-workers in the army, that's not a great thing. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah. So so yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So no broke back, no broke back mountain. Okay. <laughs> no call me by your name in, in no. the army, unfortunately. No call me by your name on that island with the dumb phones. So then you get out of the army finally, and at that point. You're what, university age? So next is university? Mm-hmm. So next was to the UK in 21. Um, I started university a bit much later than everybody. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's off from Singapore to London. That's a big change. At that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, at the point it was kind of like just liberation and, and freedom and kind of trying to rework and unlearn the things. I, 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 you know, you, you think about yourself being queer growing up in a very conservative Asian society. So yeah, the, I guess that would that was you know the start of my, you know, um slut days or, or my whole days. <laughs> well I was uh, gonna say, did you explode <laughs> out? But I think you've just answered my question. So you kind of like I made up for lost time or you felt really free to explore yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I w- and London's pretty queer. Yeah, London's pretty queer. I mean the British in general are queer mm-hmm. as hell. You know, and, and and I'm just discovering more and more of that in recent years. I think yeah. even when I first came out as a baby gay, I would, yeah. I would still not be um, exploring the different scenes. I would just be going to like the very mainstream gay clubs with my my uni mates. But right. now it's like now there's so many different um, queer clubs in London where you could really be anyone and express yourself in different ways. So I'll you know express myself in the way I dress. Yes, um, all these different queer raves and and. Yeah, it's just it's just great. I'm really happy, and it's it's great being in London. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, I mean, I think of, I mean, I guess we have some Tarzan thread, colonial Tarzan threads moving through, with a lot of like um, yellow frilly dresses. We have there are people who carry umbrellas not only in the rain but also inexplicably in the sun, uh, sort of parasol esque. So yeah, so so you went into like a queer hotbed, and then I'm mm-hmm. curious too. All these different scenes. Has the military scene ever come back for you? Was that sexually coded early on? I mean, it is. It's a potential kink. So I do have some lab stuff. Okay, there you go. That's military adjacent. Yeah. um, It's just, I think, you know, I think I'd be much more into it if I didn't went to the army itself, I think. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I also don't want to make fun necessarily and romanticize that because, you know, the army can be a, a horrible, dark place too, so. Yeah, for a lot of people, you know, and I, I do know some people who are working full time who decided to stay within the army, and Ooh. then you have to, probably to have to hide the fact that you are queer, um, yeah. which kind of really sucks. Yeah, totally. But they can be the the sleeper cells on the inside. Mm-hmm. So here, you now from London charter that biplane that drops all the grind your loaded smartphones onto that army yeah. island. I'm really into this army island idea. 
Yeah. And then um, there's there's phones everywhere, like in every owl hole in a tree mm. um, for all those young baby gays who are stuck out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure now there's a lot more action going yeah. on. I think in the past, there's just no way to meet anybody. But I'm sure like, you know, nights out, lights out at like 10, you know, just there meet someone go. in the toilets. No one's no one's going to realize anything. <laughs> um, honestly. Perfect. We'll just drop Sex in the City DVDs and Adam's Family too. Why do I think of that? Have you seen Adam's Family Values, the sequel to the Adam's Family movie? No. Adam's Family, is it the one where like, they're like goths? Yeah, yeah they're, they're, like, they're super goth. Yeah. The kid, um, uh, the, the daughter and the son, it's Wednesday, who's like this cute little pigtailed goth. Mm-hmm. All the families are weirdos. It's sort of very mm-hmm. queer coded to me. Um, mm. anyway. I didn't realize, actually. I didn't realize it's actually, I mean, I watched that a lot growing up, but it never, it never struck me as queer. I think well, I now, guess, that, now that you mentioned it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for me, because it's a family of like outcasts and weirdos who are mm. sort of, you know, they're, they're not a chosen family. They're a real family. But also, mm. they uh, they just have to kind of trust that they know what's best for them. I don't know. You can you can project mm. it on lots of things, but yeah, Christina Ritchie. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of her Rocky Horror as well. I suppose. Yeah, totally. Yeah. A lot of. I mean, there you've got your leather situation as well. I'm sure someone's wearing leather in that Adams Family house. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of stripes, very slimming garments. Mm-hmm. Queer too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, so I think, so we've, we've got a, quite a good list of things to blame. Uh, then it sounds like you sort of found your freedom and everything was good. But anyone else you want to throw under the bus? I mean, what would my mom think? Uh, she would think <laughs> lots of things make me gay. Yeah. Like jewelry, for example. Did you wear jewelry as a child? Unfortunately not. I think I would have loved to. But oh, yeah. recently when I did come back this year, I started wearing like clip-on earrings. Yes. And mom's like, why are you wearing that? You know, um, and it's the same thing. And I lost, I started working out a lot more and I lost a bunch of weight. So I guess being the skinnier yeah. and having apps now makes me gay. All right. Like, Showing off. It looks so gay now. Yes. <laughs> or <laughs> necklaces. I got yeah. my dad a silver chain necklace for his birthday this year. Nice. And he was like, does this make me look gay? But he didn't say gay. He said like, you know, the Chinese version probably is like faggy you know oh and what did you say i was like you wish you wish you're gay. <laughs> yeah. you wish you look as good as us right thank you very much but <laughs> it it yeah i think we have to speak on these like passive aggressive comments that we might still get for our friends yeah family yeah. yeah although the necklace you gave him did say kitty girl on it so that mm. what that did kind of look yeah. faggy it was very gay necklace. yeah but, i mean <laughs> choker <laughs> yes yeah, because that stuff, I mean, certainly less so these days. At least I live in a very big city in Canada. So mm. uh, even if people are thinking something discriminatory, they might keep it to themselves. But yeah, you have to deal with those sort of offhand comments too, where you're mm. constantly tasked with making the choice. Am I going to correct you? Do this work for free? Um, but, you know, it's an opportunity. Or do I let it pass by? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, when you do feel safe to speak up, we should speak up um yeah i agree yeah so after those you know little it's like with people and with family sometimes you have to renegotiate boundaries and that was kind of like that process for me and so they kind of stopped which was great because in the past like even though i wasn't out to my family they will always mm-hmm. assume they will always be asking my sisters who i'm out to am i gay and my sisters will always deny on my behalf yeah but um, your sisters knew yes yeah, so i came out to them when i was 18 um right. 
like I think when I was 21, my mom found condoms and and like going through my stuff. Um, when I was like, yeah, and she found condoms, going through my stuff. Very Asian okay. mom thing to do to go through your, your, <laughs> to go through your child's bedroom. So there was I think before I, I think I was visiting Singapore back from from the UK. Mm-hmm. But condoms, condoms wouldn't out you necessarily. Yes, exactly. But she found condoms and she went to my sister. Why does German have condoms? Is he gay? <laughs> Why would she assume that? <laughs> exactly. She's like, straight people don't use protection. Yeah, what is this? Why does he have condoms? Is he gay? But everything is like, is he gay? Yeah. Um, and that does happen a lot. So I have I have had the tattoo now on my back since yeah. I was 21. And I've never shown it to my parents, even though I'm often like not wearing much clothes in the house. I'll just have a towel behind me okay. to cover my back. What does the tattoo say? Or I'll walk backwards. You walk back. Wait, you walk backwards so they won't see yeah. you. Yeah, they're Sometimes like, Jared, why do you backwards. keep moonwalking through the living room? Yeah, are you, are you gay? Why are you walking like that? <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but it's 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 gonna be a recurring theme in my life, which is okay. like, why does Jared walk like that? Is he gay? Yeah. Um, and it's like, I guess on some level, parents always know, and you know, they were very blindsided when I did come out last, um, but one half years ago, I was like, how could you have not known? You ask all these like silly questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know what's funny? That just reminded me, my brother used to have a weed dealer who, when he mm-hmm. sold, I, I'm allowed to say this now because pot's legalized in Canada, but mm-hmm. um, he would come to the house because he always, I think, wanted to like smoke the first joint from what he was selling you. So my yeah. brother would be sitting on the couch smoking with his weed dealer. And I never mm-hmm. liked this dealer guy. He was a bit of a weirdo. And I remember mm-hmm. just walking through the living room once while the weed dealer was there. I just walked through the room into the mm. kitchen and then i could hear the guy go is your brother gay and i was in the kitchen like what how i i took like six steps past mm. you what did I, what is it about my walk and i was like 25 at the time mm-hmm. way out then who knows maybe i was wearing a particularly tight tee yeah yeah i don't know that's weird though so wait you skipped over this what does your tattoo say oh yes so it's from my favorite book um it's called the little prince Oh, yeah. The one with the little prince and the fox, and the prince goes around different planets, and he has a rose. Yeah. Um, but basically, it's on my back, behind my heart, and it says, oh. um, what is essential is invisible to the eye. Um, that's great. Thank you. But do, wait, that, your mom thinks that's, you're, you think that's going to out you? Well, they just think everything's gay, so I'm just like trying to avoid those conversations. Um, oh, yeah. It's a bit poetic. Yes. It's and, not like an Aerosmith lyric or something. Yeah, it's just like, with parents is always tough. So there was before I came out, there was always this wall between me and my family, my, my, my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And it's got gotten much better since I've come out. Like I feel, I feel that I could be closer to them and tell them about things, who I'm seeing, mm-hmm. um, what I'm doing. Uh, maybe not the full extent, you know, of, of like raves and clubs, but <laughs> yeah. like they get some level of like, you know, how I'm living my life. Um, yeah. They're coming to ter- they're they're coming around or at least in their own way. Yeah. So yeah. That's great. It gets better, Jaren. Mm-hmm. It does get better. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just as a kid, you know, I think I wouldn't have known how it would feel like now, you know, as a, like mm-hmm. a young adult. But it's it's so dark for so many kids out there. Well, listen, I'm glad you uh, you kept walking exactly the way you walk and walked yourself straight in front of a microphone to have this conversation with me. And I don't want to say goodbye, but before I let you go, would you like to play a game? Yes. Thank God. This game is called Queer, Queerer, Queerist. Queerer, Queerist. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you three things 
you're going to put them in order from least queer to most queer and tell me why. Mm -hmm. Any questions? Uh, no. Fantastic. Here we go. Thing number one, Paddington Bear. You know Paddington Bear, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. British. Fantastic. Fantastic. Gorgeous little peacoat with those knobs they tie up in front. Uh, thing number two, Cadbury Fingers. Mm. So for uh, people outside of the UK listening, Cadbury Finger is like a, like a chocolate stick, um, but named Cadbury Finger. So deal with that. Mm. And finally, <clears throat> thing number three, I've already alluded to this in my conversation, but we'll bring it up again. Uh, sunny weather umbrellas, also known as parasols. So let's recap. Paddington Bear, Cadbury Fingers, Sunny Day Parasols, the least queer to most queer and why? Mm. Well, parasols are least gay. Mm. I don't think it's very much queer, is it? It's, it's, um, it's just a brolly. Um, okay. <laughs> brolly? An umbrella. A okay, parasol. yes, 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 of course. A brolly. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's the least queer to me. Wait, um, so the, the okay, the reason is it's just a thing. It's a functional thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. It's it's not sexual. Nothing sexual came to mind when you said that. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual per se, but queer. Mm, fair. Yeah. Okay. Um, thing two, queerer. Paddington Bear. Why? Pretty queer. Yeah. Uh, it's in the name. He's very camp, <laughs> isn't he? Um, yeah, and my mind just went to bears when you when you said bears. Yeah, I was, no, like, I was right. thinking of him in like a leather outfit oh, version of what he's wearing i'm sure someone has drawn that by the way if you <laughs> google sure. it and i encourage you to not google it but i also support you mm, oh yeah i'll pass on that yeah okay thank you. Uh, so then i guess queerist is capri fingers yeah you seem unsure i think that's something very sensual about you know fingers and, and <laughs> the licked chocolate of your hands yeah okay and and food you know and sex. Okay, okay. Have you eaten a Cadbury finger before? Uh, I like the thing I have. It's, it's a little, it's a chocolate covered stick, isn't it? Yeah, I googled it. It's like a chocolate, kind of thick chocolate stick with round ends. Yeah. Uh, it looks delicious, like a, a biscuit stick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, definitely. I've just, I've just googled it. I've definitely had it. Yeah. You've had that. And, and mm -hmm. stars out of 10? Uh, five. Oh, that's... It's okay. I wouldn't say it's like super delicious. The much better Chalkies chocolates out there. Oh, sure. Oh, thank you for <laughs> explaining what Chalkies is. Uh, okay, so like Cadbury's is like a like a mid-range chocolate, you're saying? Mm, yeah. I see. Wow, highbrow. Okay, so let's review. So according to Jaren, least queer was uh, a sunny day parasol, aka brawly, because it's just a thing. Get over it. Queerer uh, was Paddington Bear because... A bear in a leather harness, don't Google it. And queerest, uh, fingers, for the reasons you've just said, although as a yes. chocolate, subpar. Yeah. Fantastic. So let me check. Um, of course, this is a very scientific academic test, so I need to sort of confer with my marking rubric here. Yes, one, mm -hmm. two, slide the bead over here and the bead back. Congratulations, A plus, 100%. Uh, you did a great job. And you are, in fact, Jaren, mm. a queer person. Yes. Yes, I know. <laughs> the results are in. So before I say goodbye, anything you want to plug? Um, yes. So hi, I'm Jaron, and I'm the founder of Voda. And Voda is the mental wellness app for the LGBTQIA plus community. So as you might have learned, I struggled a lot with my own sexuality growing up. 
And what really helped me was therapy. So what Voda does is we have worked with a fantastic team of queer psychotherapists who identify across different sexualities, genders, and ethnicities to create digital therapy programs based on mindfulness and cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. So think of it like a calm or a headspace kind of meditation app, but based on therapy concepts and made especially for queer people. Um, and you can find out more about our private beta and help ship the product at www.voda.co. Oh my God, that sounds so great. As someone who loves uh, therapy, psychotherapy, all forms of therapy and talks about it on the show often, it is mm. such a lifeline. It is so great. If you don't have a dumb phone, if you have a smartphone, yes. you can get that app or go to the website. Uh, what a what a huge resource. And and fortunately, I think something as queer folks were starting to really understand the value of. Thank you. Yeah, it really helped me and great. Yeah, changed my life. Great. Well, well, if you're listening and you want to be like Jaren or be like me, therapized, yes. and the journey continues, uh, check it out, please. That sounds so fantastic. And I really want to thank you, Jaren, for coming on the show because I was very queer when this recording began. But talking to you, Jaren, has made me queerer than ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much. Unsurprised. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks for your time, Trevor. Okay. Enjoy the rain. Thank you. And that's in the podcast, Making Business, what we call a completed episode. That's our show. As always, you can mail me at youmademequeer at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Do it more than ever before because, listen, no show off, but I had a straight A-plus average for podcast review ratings and some dunce gave me my first two-star on Apple Podcasts. I don't know who you are. Maybe you're listening. I would imagine you're not, because if two stars, what are you coming back for, honestly? I'm consistent in whatever my brand is, uh, but you need to go here and up my average. If you liked this, give me some five stars to combat the two-star scum out there. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sure you're fine. I value your opinion. I just want it erased from the algorithm. So uh, do that. Rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. And that is it. So cue credits. You Made Me Queer is created and produced by me, Trevor Campbell. Our sound engineer is little Sean Van Beaton. Our theme song is by Critty. For more for music, check out lavenderbruisers.bandcamp.com. Our website is youmademequeer.com. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are at youmademequeer. New episodes of You Made Me Queer come out every other Thursday. And from the bottom of my big, bent, effeminate, and swishy heart, thank you for listening. Until next time, remember, we're here, we're queer, and it's your fault. Fault.